holiday was an incredible time for me because I was walking down to the beach with the twins and it was good to have Murray and, and, and Joel with me and, and as we were walking down, it got quite frustrating because the little one, Farron, she just refused to be carried and she refused to do her own, to, to listen to what we were asking her to do and she just wanted to walk and it's quite a way down from, from the holiday house to the, to the beach but as she walked, she stopped and she looked at every flower, every weed, every piece of grain of dirt on the road, and every little rock, and she poked it. And, she, and I thought to myself, I think sometimes in terms of what Deuteronomy just said, we, we lose sight of the simplicity that God blesses us with. And we do look for bigger things. And I was reminded of the great times that I had with my three boys. I, I remembered what, playing with, with Murray in the, in the passage and bowling to him. And, and every time I said, that's enough, boy, he would cry. And, and I'd have to bowl and bowl and throw balls at him. And, and Braddon's best time was, was to get into the bath and, and just to lie on top of me. And, and for Joel to, to get on my lap and steal my yogurt. Um, he loved it. Um, and this morning I was in the shower and the twins came in and they were each holding a piece of watermelon. And... Um, Ava came in and she just gave me this watermelon. She's got such a giving spirit. And she just gave this watermelon to me. Farron, of course, kept both of them for herself and, and just guzzled them. And there was no chance I was going to get it from her. But in terms of where we are and this new year that we've coming, we're coming into, I want to challenge your mindset on new year. I want to challenge who we are in Christ. And Isaiah 43 verse 18 um, Please, I worked hard on this PowerPoint. There we go. It's my New Year's resolution to Sonica that I would dress properly when I preach and that I would prepare a PowerPoint. So here we go. It says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you know, not know it. I will even make a road in the wilderness. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And that's what I want to get to today, is these roads in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The reality for us is that we need to realize that 2016 is not important to us. I remember as a kid, we would go to all these big bash New Year's Eve with the family and I had six aunts and uncles, and I had cousins from Clarksdorp and Valcom, and we would gather at each one of their houses. And uh, I remember watching my mother. By 11.30, she was on her plonk. She was, she, she was hammered. And, and I remember her kissing me and, and smelling that whiskey breath and, and thinking, I really don't want to be here. And, and she would make promises 2017 or 2011 or 1999 and, or 1984 is going to be a great year. Great, yes, she would say. And I'd say, wow, mom, we got a a rock. And I would just, in my heart, know she didn't know what she was doing. You see, for her, the one renewal that she could have was on New Year's Eve. But it didn't last long. And the reason why it doesn't last long is because in order for us to have a great 2017, we have to have a great inner being. There needs to be transformation from within us. We are told in Scripture that you cannot put new wine into old wineskins. And every year, 
God wants to bless us with this new wine. But we come to him, we come to that place of transference with the old wineskins. We are still depressed. We still allow the fact that we are divorced to be a, a determining factor in who we are. We still allow our anger to be part of who we are. And all of that is building our characters and our personalities all the time. And God is saying, if 2017 is going to be as great as what has been laid upon our hearts, then there needs to be a change and a mind shift from the wineskins that are sitting here today. You see, the problem is not the message of God. And the problem is not the newness that he wants to bless us with. The problem is with those who receive the sovereignty of God. Are we still the same wineskins that we were two weeks ago in 2016? Or are we going to become something completely different? And that is the challenge for all of us. We need to move into an area where the wine that God wants to produce or has produced and he wants to bless East London with is infused into the wineskins that stand humbly before him. That's the challenge. Because I can tell you right now, we can go another 365 years a days. We will get here next year, and we will say, thank goodness 2017 is gone. It's like that at school. I don't know about you in any in in of those high-power jobs. But for us mortal teachers, who, yeah, not a very difficult job, and it's lacquer. You get to September, and you're just saying to yourself, I wish this year was over. I need to get rid of that kid. Crisis. And then you look at who the teacher in the next grade is, and you think, <clears throat> who am I going to put him in? And every year is the same thing. Because we work in years. We work in terms. We don't work in days. And we need to get to a point where 2017 is not our end goal. It's what I'm going to achieve for the kingdom of God today. Whose life am I going to impact today? Is my life going to change today? And I've been challenged by that. I mustn't wait for some 21 days of fasting or for sort of come conquer a series to come along. I can, I can change today. That will make me better. That will make us rock. It will make us change the city and bring it to its knees. You see, Christ is a God of new chances. He's a God of new beginnings. New Year's Eve is not God. The cross of Christ is God. The altar is God. New Year's is a party. It's a worldly thing. And yet somehow we try and transfer the sovereignty of God into this New Year party. It won't work, chaps. New Year comes every day of our lives. New beginnings. When we allow the blood of Christ to wash us clean. And how many of us do that on a daily basis? You see, in Ezra 13, this is where I've been challenged. Ezra 13, they come out of captivity and they go to Solomon's temple in Jerusalem and there is a catastrophe there. The temple is lying in ruins. And the old people come out of there and they look at it and they say, Oh, where is Solomon's temple? And they start crying and there's wailing. Because the former temple is gone. The younger guys who never were ever part of the Solomon's temple, they come out and they start celebrating. And they start saying, Yes, we're free from captivity. And so the younger guys start building an altar. The older guys are standing back weeping and wailing because they're remembering the former glory of the temple. 
The younger guys, God is saying to them, we are going to build an even better temple. And so for those guys that are dead, sorry for them. They're gone. For you and I that are alive, God wants to build an even better temple. God wants to build an even better East London. God wants you and I to take that wine, to put it into our wineskins, and to take the city by storm. We've been speaking about it for years. And I think 2017 must be the year, not that God is telling us, must be the year that we are telling God, you pour that wine into these wineskins, and we're going to do it. We're going to do it this year. We've been talking about it. And God's ready to move. God will do it in any year we choose to desire. But let's make 2017 the year of change. Not because God is telling us, but because we are saying to God, we are ready. We are ready to move. And what does he do? The guys are instructed to build the altar first. Now you have to ask yourself, why do they have to build the altar first? Because the altar is the place where animals were sacrificed. And it's when animals were sacrificed that their sins were taken from them. And that is significant, chaps. We cannot, we cannot move into the glory of God if we do not visit the altar of God first. We cannot move into the glory of God and become new wineskins if we are still holding onto our anger, if we are still holding onto our sin, if we are still holding onto our pornography and, and whatever else and our depression. We cannot. There needs to be a mindset change in all of us in order to become someone new. And so each and every one of us is given an altar. Not at a place, not in a church, not in some stadium. The altar is given to you in the form of the Spirit of God. You see, the Spirit of God dwells in us. And each and every one of us has an instant opportunity for a new beginning. You can have a new beginning tomorrow morning when you wake up. You don't have to wait for the service. But God is saying to you, my spirit lives in you. And the blood of Jesus Christ was shed. That at any point you want to take that sin and transfer it onto me, I will take it from you. So why do we hold on to our sin? Why do we hold on to our blockages? Why do we hold on to our bitternesses and our, our resentments? Why? When Jesus is saying, you can transfer it to me at any time. That's powerful, chaps. And if we don't take hold of that, then the cross of Christ was for nothing. You see, what happens, I went to Brazil and I was very blessed. And you need to go. You need to go on, you need to go on one of these things. You, 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 your, your whole world is rocked. It, it, it's, it's mind-blowing. And, and, and when you see somebody getting out of a wheelchair and walking, and, and uh, I, I, used, I must be honest, I used to sit and listen to people talk about their testimony and think, oh, whatever. When you see it, when you're touching somebody and you feel his arm tense, and you, and you want to say, hey, buddy, just sit down, bud. And he says, I'm getting up. And he walks. The problem with that is that we remember that. And we struggle because it's not in our church. And we struggle because we don't see those kind of miracles. You know why? Because we, 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 we refer to the past. 
we look back to our successes. We don't believe that we can heal anybody in our city. We believe we need to go on a mission. Rubbish. We're in a mission. Our city needs a mission. People around us need that mission. So why do we look to the past missions instead of to the future transference of God into people's lives? That's the challenge for us. We have to take 2017 and say to God, we are ready to move. We are ready to go. In Haggai 2 verse 9, it says, The latter glory of this house will be greater than the former. I hope that the former shofar, you know, we mustn't get stuck on, on Dion coming down and, and establishing a church at Lavender Blue and preaching for a while and, and then bringing down one of the best dressed pastors that in, in, in the whole of shofar to come down here and to... Ah, who cares? No, we don't care. What we must care about is what shofar is going to do to people's lives today and tomorrow and the next day. That's what's important. I don't care how old this church is. And it is nice. I don't offend the pastor here. What is important though is how many lives will be impacted and changed by you and me. That's what is important. It's not how Dion started the church. It's not how Andre has taken this church from a handful of people, grown it into one of the, the most successful churches in Islam. But you know what? It's no good us having this if he's, London doesn't know we're here. And that's 2017's mission, is to humble ourselves before the presence of God and say, you know what? Each and every one of us is part of an army, part of a team. We're together here. We're not going to grow Shofar. We're going to grow the city. That's the challenge. That's what 2017 must be about. Not as a year in entirety, but as day by day, you and I humbling ourselves before the presence of God and saying, God, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I want to do this thing. I want to be something completely different than what I am today. And it's a hard thing. I was watching The Jungle Book. Uh, I had to watch it with my older niece. She was a bit scared. She didn't like the bear that was talking and and so she forced me to watch the Jungle Book. I've never watched it before. But it got to this point. I remember Kayla. Kayla was crying. Julia was fine. She was lacquer. Kayla was struggling. I'm joking. But we were watching this movie, and, and it got to this point where the snake comes down and, and goes to little, is it Mowgli? Mowgli. And you just hear this beautiful voice. And you see these eyes going from side to side. And you just see Mowgli standing there like every man does when a woman speaks. And he just, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I wonder theologically why God wasn't the woman and Satan was the man. Because we wouldn't have problems. You know what I'm saying? So, so Satan, oh no, not Satan. The snake is talking to Mowgli. And, and Mowgli's standing there and he's just been mesmerized by the beauty of this woman. And you know, the world is like that, eh? The world entices us into things that are not important. The world entices us into things that are not important. And we do not take it seriously until we get to a point where it's over. We've plunged into something we can't return from unless we visit the altar of God. Then he was just challenging me this morning. She just said, you know, I got a word. You need to let go of that situation with the guy. I mean, I was ready to go to carte blanche. I was ready to go and take this thing and put it on TV and, and, and tell people that, you know what? 
let God deal with him. It's got nothing to do with me anymore. I must just let that thing rest. So what? How many people have I offended? I must worry about that first before I worry about him. And through the love of God, hopefully one day, that guy will come to know Jesus Christ in a powerful way because the wineskins have been transferred into something new. We're going to go into 21 days of fasting. And I get afraid when things like this get presented because you know what? They are brilliant. They are good. I even got a picture, Sonia, Sonica, in my PowerPoint presentation. And we're going to go on this 21 days of fire. And is it going to just be something that we're going to, at the end of 21 days, high-five each other, we're here, we have a feast, we high-five each other and say, yeah, that was a hard day. Couldn't deal with the coffee. Yeah, the chocolate. Bring it on. And we're going to make this big thing about how hard it was. I wonder how many of us, at the end, when we're sitting at the feast, are going to say, you know what? I'm spiritually more mature. You know what? I've, I've, I've spent more time in, with God in prayer. I'm ready to take on this world. I wonder how many of us are going to high-five each other and say, when do we walk out of that door and start tackling the enemy? You see, this 21-day fast must be a preparation tool. It must be something that we take seriously. It must be something that we say before God, I'm going to become a new wineskin through this. I don't care about the coffee. I don't care about the soccer that I'm going to miss or the my master chef or my kitchen rules or whatever. I don't care. What I do care about that is at the end of 21 days, when I come out of this period of, of strenuous work, and it is hard, but the goal is not what I've missed. The goal is what I've become. The goal is who I am. The goal is the new wineskin that God can pour his wine into. That's got to be our challenge. Surely, the city needs it. Not the fast. The city needs you and I to become intentional about our desire to save lost people. That's got to be. We need to rebuild the altar. We really do, chaps. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16. Does anybody know it? Apart from the pastor and his wife and the leaders. Pastor, do you know what 1 3? No. Ooh, pastor doesn't know it. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16, Jonah, for deaf people. Yeah. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that God's spirit dwells within you? We are the altars. People must be so drawn to us. They must be so set free by our understanding of our deliverance. That we must become so infectious that the spirit of God is transferred from us to them. Elisha to Elijah or Elijah to Elisha. Do we understand that? Do we embrace that? Do we take hold of that? We are the temples of God. Wow. This is not a temple. It's a brick building. This is not a church. We are the church. This is a gathering place for the church to meet. But once we go out of those doors, the church goes. It doesn't stay. We are the church. We are the wineskins. And we have the wine inside of us. Exodus 29 verse 43, God says, there I will meet the sons of Israel. If you want to meet God, friends, if you want to meet God, you have to meet him at your altar. You have to meet him when you are on your knees. You have to meet him when you are saying, God, no longer do I want this depression. 
God, no longer do I want to be angry. God, no longer do I want this pornography to be a part of who I am. If you want to meet God, it can only take place at an altar. And an altar is a place where your sins are taken away from you because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's important. Some of us struggle for years to meet God. And we look at people around us, their hands are in the eye, and you just, you just know they've met God. Why? Because they've given their sin over to God. They're not living with it. They're not allowing it to determine who they are. You see, the Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Hebrews 9 verse 22. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And according to the law, almost all things are purified by the blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There is no forgiveness. There is no new wineskin. There's nothing like that. Your good works. Good works. So what if you've broken the world record at cycling? So what if you've done three Ironmen to raise funds for drug addiction? So what if you've cycled from Joburg to to Cape Town to establish a house for, for children with cancer? It means nothing. It used to for me. I was proud of those things. I wanted people to know I had set a world record. I wanted people to know that I've done the iron. It's nothing. You know why? Because I was still tormented by my sin. And while people were saying, yeah, well done, you've done a world record. I still knew inside I'm not one with God. It means nothing. And so the challenge is your altar. The challenge is your personal altar. How often do you go to that place? How often do you go to God? How often do you allow His blood to just soak over you and to cleanse you? It doesn't mean you have to be perfect in the eyes of other people. That's, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about people saying, Oh, that goes to church. Look at him, man. <laughs> I said in that Oaks Maths class, calls himself a Christian. It's about my altar. It's about your altar. It's about your wineskin. This is between you and God. God will make you holy. God will make you clean. God will change what people think of you. But you have to meet God at the altar first. You see, for too many of us, we live with negatives. Oh, I'm divorced. It's negative already. I love telling people I'm divorced. I suffer from depression. Because you know what? We allow those labels to determine who we are. No, we're not depressed. No, we're not divorced. No, we're not this. No, we're not that. No, we're not pornographers. We are children of God. We've been bought with His blood. The problem is, we hold on to it. And then it determines who we are. Because it changes our personality. It changes our character. I want to say to each and every one of you, please, when you walk out of the store today, walk out as a new wineskin. Say to yourself, say of yourself, I am a child of God. I'm not an angry, I'm not a pornographer. I'm not a depressive. I'm not divorced. A child of God, bought by His blood. How can we nullify the power and the importance of that statement over our lives and why do we because the snake comes in and says you can't be like that because you know what you've done to me and we stand there like Mowgli and we just suck it in 
And how many valuable lives for God are wasted by the lies of the enemy? How many valuable pastors and preachers are still sitting in this church today? How many people have not been healed because you and I have just allowed the devil to tell us we're not worth? How many lives at school have not been changed, at work have not been changed, at home have not been changed because we just allow the devil to tell us we are not worthy? 2017 must be the year where every day we meet God at the altar. Where we meet God at the altar. I believe we need to make a declaration today, and I think Andre is going to lead us through that. But we need to make a declaration to walk away from these things. We mustn't get to the end of the year and say, we must look back on 2017 and say, wow, how successful was that? Every day I said something to somebody about God. Can you imagine if you mentioned the word God every day just once to somebody? Can you imagine if you told somebody every day this year that Jesus loved them? That means that at the end of the year, 365 people will have heard Jesus loves them. And if I look at the first three people there, over a thousand people just sitting in the front pew in this city today will hear that God loves them. And a thousand people there and a thousand people there. Every third person in this congregation today is a thousand people that can hear about the love of God this year. Wow. And if we only get 1% saying, I'm going to the altar, I worked out we have about seven and a half thousand people meeting with God this year. Just 1% success rate. 7,500 people will go to an altar this year and will meet with God and will allow their sins to be taken away. You see, friends, we don't need to go to Brazil, and it's important to go. But we mustn't also just keep going to Brazil and neglecting what is happening on our own front doorstep. This city needs God. We need to be set free. And so I just want to challenge you to take God at his word. In 1 John 1 verse 9, he says, If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If, if we confess. You see, God's not going to just say, Oh, I know you've got that, 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 and that. God knows what we've done wrong. But there's a mandate laid down for us if we confess. If we confess. Philippines 3 verse 12. Not that I have already attained, attained or am already perfected, but I press on, that I lay hold of what for Christ has also laid hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting these things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I cannot sit here and say that 2016 was successful. Yes, it was. We healed a lot of people in Brazil. A lot of lives were touched. And you know, for so long after that, I, I just kept on looking back to Brazil and saying, wow, that was successful. And you know what? I began to forget about the next day in God because I kept on looking back. I need to let go of Brazil. I need to let go of Brazil because there's another Brazil in front of me every day. And God is asking us not to look back to those things. Men. And I want to just take three minutes to challenge the men of this church. 
There's a series that is starting, I think, sometime in early February. It's called the Con- huh? 13th of February, day before Valentine's Day. Best gift you can give to your wife is to, is to sign up on this Conquer course. It is going to deal with things that are going to shake us. It's going to deal with things that are going to totally transform who we are. And on the 13th of February, I challenge you. I challenge you to be a part of this course. I challenge you to make this something that is going to make you understand how important you are to the kingdom of God. Because once we understand how important we are, we enjoy life. You understand what I'm saying? When somebody comes to you and says, you know what, we actually don't really need you to preach anymore. We don't really need you as a pastor. Ah, yeah. You think you're going to give 100% to that kind of attitude? Or you walk into the maths class and you say, right, boys, open up the textbook. And then the one little like says, oh, sir, you know what? You don't really teach us that well. We don't really need you. Oh, okay. Or you walk into the doctor's room. My father-in-law does this. Walks into the doctor's room and says, don't worry, I've sliced my leg. But I sorted it out myself. You think that doctor's going to sit there and say, well, I'm needed. You see, friends, I think many men, we live life as though we are not needed. You know, we've, we've got to that point where, where our lives aren't that important. Not because of what we've been told by our wives and our children, but because the world is telling us we're not important. Conquer series is going to make us important again. Not for arrogance sake, but for kingdom's sake. It's going to put a value on who we are. We're going to walk out of the Conquer series believing and understanding the importance of our creation. You cannot miss this. Because I believe that the men of this church, the men of this city need to rise up And we need to take hold of our mandate. We need to take hold of the mantle that has been blessed upon us. And we need to make it work again. And when that's working, believe me, 2017 will be different. Not because God has chosen this year to be different. But because we've responded to make this year different. That's the challenge for each and every one of us. And so I challenge you. That the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary be the The one aspect that determines your character and who you are. Not the busyness. Not how much wealth you've got. Not how big your house is. What kind of car you drive. Not what kind of degree you have. That's not important. What is important is the blood over your life. We were talking about it the other day. We were having coffee. And we were just saying, to be a radical Christian means you are going to irritate a lot of people. Do you know that? To be a radical Christian, to be a Christian that lives entirely by the word of God, you are going to peeve some people off. Trust me. I've never done it, so I just do it naturally. But think about it. The radical Christians of this world, the John Wesleys, the the Smith Wigglesworths, the Billy Grahams, the Reinhard Bonkies, the radical Christians under the blood of Christ irritate the devil. But the kingdom of God is established around them. I wonder how much we truly desire to have the kingdom of God established around us. I wonder how much of the wine that God has prepared for you and me we truly desire to have. Because you see what happens. God just 
keeps on coming. 21 days of prayer and fasting, wine. Conquer series, wine. Encounter four, wine. Brazil, wine. But because I'm the old wineskin, the wine just gets spilt. I need to retain that. And so I need to become somebody new. I need to go to the altar, meet with God, and not with people. So that's the challenge. Let's make 2017 something very, very special for this city.